Welcome to Astronomica. A Star Wars fan cast. Exactly. We've just been sitting here chatting about, you know, who's Han and who is aspirationally Lando and who's <laughs> C-3PO and um, how... Grace Hopper is obviously Leia because, I mean, devious, <laughs> deadly. Mm. You do not get to be general without getting a few bodies in the closet. Well, was, in the sadness room. What I was going to say earlier, Stan, I mean, I think like physically speaking, I'm probably, maybe not currently, but possibly usually the most Chewbacca-esque <laughs> of, of the table. But I'm, I'm thinking like... That's only... In- Till I take off my shirt. Oh, yeah. That's I fair. don't know. I feel like in terms um, of temperament, Chewbacca definitely fucks. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, if I think if anyone gets to be Han... It's it Mackie, right? It would probably, yeah, be oh, yeah. Colin. I've never been Han before. Jeff has, um... Like some Obi Wan energy. Oh, yeah. nice! I would, I would take that. I'm not gonna say that I have Lando energy because I feel like oh. that's like giving yourself you're, a nickname. You're wearing you a goddamn neckerchief. Yeah, I am wearing. I, I, I am feel presently. like you have aspirational. Yes, Lando, aspirational I, Lando is, energy is a qualifier that I'm comfortable you with. You know, I would, I would I mean, say that Anton has a certain Lando quality. Anton is, I think, too aloof yeah. to be like truly as confident as uh as lando calrissian and there's a little bit of there's a little bit of like unctuousness a little oiliness to lando that anton anton's a little more earnest i think than than lando yeah well i i based him off of Ernest um from the (laughs) Ernest goes to space (laughs) well that would explain the denim shirt (laughs) i think Kristen, Kristen strikes me as a luke I was yeah. actually gonna yeah. say that, yeah, oh, no, Hildy's yeah. totally, uh, totally a farm boy yeah. on his way to. Uh, and to- I think I'm R two D two. I, yeah, I mean, you I, don't think yeah. you're wicked? <laughs> the six foot four, uh, obsessively verbal guy. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I would, uh, I would tie Stan with call in on like Han energy if we're talking like core crew. Anyway. So the show. <laughs> <laughs> I am Kristen. I play Dr. Hildegard Hypatia Cade, ship's communications officer and resident uh, monster. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm the most on track, so I started my intro first. Who wants to go next? Well, historically we've gone in a circle. So hello, I'm Cullen. I play Anton Baptiste Yoshida. He is a guy who likes to shoot things and cook food and he uh, talks to people I guess as his like <laughs> thing that his stats aren't good at but he took focuses that allow him to do that so <laughs> I'm sneezy and I think Snow White's just the best <laughs> no it's a directional mic and I tried to like split the difference between covering my mouth and covering the mic and hope that it didn't wind up but I'm pretty they're sure all, y'all heard they're that. all gonna hear it yeah. yeah, I have allergies. Your, your okay. darkest secret has been <laughs> lots of people laid bare. Your yeah. mortal failings are unearthed <laughs> for all listeners. I'm just a wreck, and uh, you know the good news is someday I get to die. I'm Colin, <laughs> and I play Mackie. <laughs> Do you though? I feel like Mackie doesn't get to die. Yeah, that is one thing Colin has on Mackie. <laughs> there we go. I am Star Daddy Stan, and I play God. And on the podcast, I run the game. (laughs) Oh, man. I really wish I had a good Nietzsche joke joke lined up here. Um, If you stare long enough into Stan, Stan stares back into you. Accurate. She said good. Yeah. I never had the courage to try it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Uh, I one time looked in a mirror and uh, <laughs> like I missed a birthday. Well, so who's who's this handsome gentleman across the table from me? Well, by process of elimination, you must be talking about me, but uh, that is a completely inaccurate description. Aww. I'm Jeff, and I play Grace and Hopper, the ship and Medbot, and he's repulsive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was actually about to say, I'm sorry, I am a lady. Oh, um, well, it's but only I missed be- my moment. It's only because uh, he he has a repulsor ray, or she rather, because it would be the Grace <laughs> yeah. and. Um, so, this week we've had some fun shenanigans with Star Wars stuff, but I am going to make a quick not shenanigans announcement. We are coming to the end of our Glazer system fun and profit, and that means we're going to have another Chatstronomica episode coming up for you soon. So, if you are on Reddit, head on over to the Astronomica podcast uh, subreddit. And there is a thread up there where you can leave your questions. Last time we chose questions for each other. This time we want to answer your questions. So as long as you go leave them over there for us, we will put you in the mix and we're going to try and answer as many as we can. Anything from why is Anton always like that to uh, what's Mackie's special recipe for mm, so good meal substitute. Hold your mug under the tube. <laughs> Press the button. <laughs> I was really hoping there was like a way to make enchiladas with it or something. Hello, everyone that's on our Discord. Thank you so much for being there. We like you. If you would like to here, be here. one of those people, um, you should do that. And it's super easy. And we'll tell you about it at the end of the episode. And um, yeah, I guess we should probably play the game now. Yeah. Oh, we could have Mackie give us a recap. Oh, that's a good idea. Last week on Astronomica, it was a very special time of year that I'm not shy to tell you gets me a little misty every time. Stellar murder hobo Christmas. Anton got a starfighter, Hildy got a dead alien, I got emergency nutrient paste rations, Hopper got an existential crisis, and we all collectively got a squirtle. And then... <laughs> There was a ton of other sundry stuff in our stockings I won't bore you with, except to say that if we want to abandon this life of stellar vagabonding, we could probably open a car dealership. So stay tuned for that. Uh, so uh, Hopper's existential crisis. Um, basically, he's almost ready to end this toxic thing he's got going with Grace, an outcome we've all been doing our best to encourage. Uh, you all already know about Hildy and Hopper's little therapy sessions. Uh, Anton's propensity for boozy camaraderie and tattoo encouragement is, of course, a necessary adjunct of any messy breakup. So uh, I got in on the act by fixing up the sofa for Hopper to crash on in the event that things reach their breaking point. Except in this case, it's less of a fold-out sofa and more of a walk-in Faraday cage. So anyway, we basically just spend the balance of the episode cramming all of our fun new crap into the ship with a mecha shoehorn. And then, in a deft bit of corporate negotiation, Doc Cade manages to sell all the shit we left behind back to our piles at Lakshi Day. Then we set sail for adventure in the terrifying form of Hildy's boyfriend. Let's get we to a nunnery. Excelsior. I'm sorry, could you repeat that bit about Hopper? You exit the ship into the transparent plastic-like tube that the robots have extended out to your airlock and uh, make your way down the uh, long walkway into the monastery dome. You enter into a beautiful 
garden full of green and popping with colorful flowers. It's almost like walking into the butterfly house at a zoo. There's tons of small like insect life. There are buzzing dragonflies, butterflies, etc. This place is an abomination and must be destroyed. Is it like just super humid? Uh, it is not. It is a, uh, a comfortable, hmm. short sleeve kind of experience. So you're in, you're under this large dome, the underside of which is clearly either some kind of like television screen or some kind of weird effect, a magnifying effect from the sun overhead. You feel like you're in a field on a sunny day with a blue sky overhead. There are uh, a few clouds and the illusion is perfect. Like you don't see a dome over your head that's showing this. It feels like you've just walked out into this open space. Mackie takes his hat off and just, you see like tension fall away from his shoulders and he's like, huh. <laughs> I can't even figure out a way to be a jerk about this. <laughs> I, I was actually a, about to say that Anton feels a little uncomfortable, but... <laughs> He's suspicious of comfort? You feel agoraphobic. Of, of, of this amount of artificial comfort, possibly. So, my question was going to be, is this something that Hildy would be familiar with as a normal creation on like dig sites, on, on no. Reliquary Institute installations okay so this not is by like, any means. this is well this is not exactly the dig site this is the monastery that that umberto is based out of gotcha um he actually travels to the dig site from here okay um, but the monastery I, is part of the orthodox can church. i yes. can i posit that at this point the only two institute people that anton is aware of are both initialed hh it's true hmm. it's weird the human that it's pilots a, Hildegard is a monster. Yeah. yeah. Does, uh, There's a twist coming with that. Is Anton familiar with the old Earth history of uh, of Triple H? Um, <laughs> I, 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 I doubt that, but Anton has watched... Is he familiar um, with the old Earth history of HH? Because it's a lot darker. Uh, a- Anton has oh, yeah. watched Triple X at least eight times because he's a huge Vin Diesel fan. Yeah. But only the first one, right? Yeah, not the Ice Cube one. Okay, the, cool. The one. That one yeah. is not canon, and it's garbage. Yeah, mm, disagree. I garbage is a strong word, but hot garbage. I haven't watched it. I haven't either. Actually, <laughs> oh, oh my! Like, well, Vin Diesel's not in it. I refuse to watch it. Any movie with Vin Anyways, Diesel's Collins not in, rolling dice. So what's happening there? Yeah. So I'm going to continue um, describing the scene. Yeah, you should do that. He rolled a no check to see if he saw anything that he knew to be edible, but I don't think he does. No. Not that you know of. You can eat just like you a almost plant. step on uh, grapes. Like there's like a vineyard to your right, mm-hmm. a very like Picard esque. <laughs> and you almost step on some grapes, and you look down. And you're like, that's probably poison. Every time a magnificent like blue morpho butterfly mm-hmm. sails serenely on the gentle breeze near Mackie, Hopper's arm just whips out <laughs> and obliterates it. Nice. <laughs> These vectors are not getting anywhere near you, my friend. <laughs> hey, Hopper, I never knew you knew um, Hyperion Hyperkarate. That's pretty good. Arcturian. I know that. <laughs> Don't Anton doesn't. Okay. Don't <laughs> cite the deep magic to me, witch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys have emerged from the tube at this point into this vista. There is a, a large structure, kind of vine covered cinder block and brown brick. Lots of arches. There are like open pathways into uh, these kind of gardens that stretch all around. And you're on this kind of uh, path of, of stepping stones 
across this grassy field. Mm-hmm. And standing kind of off to the left, w- awaiting you, is a, uh, a group of people that includes a number of women dressed in kind of spiritual regalia. Sort of like nuns, but not quite so stiff. More Star Warsy robes, less <laughs> less less conservative. Not nuns. a habit, more of a tendency. Oh, hey, um, I like that. This. Hey. Oh my god, I've, I've got to say, that was it. actually that was like remarkably good. I've got to say it, but by the way, before it explodes in my brain, Hopper knows Botkundo. Oh my <laughs> god, that's the worst. Mm-hmm. I love it. He I, doesn't I, know karate. I press the hold up. Bot-kundo. Wait a minute, button because via. Our last um, train heist encounter, Anton has accomplished a goal, and I believe Mackie has as well. Oh, I believe that I have. Yeah, I decided the fate of Ghost.gov in that I decided I would leave that in the hands of others. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I but, yeah. Um, <laughs> confronted Ghost.gov in that I climbed inside of his lair, mm-hmm. and now I would like to set my newest short-term goal. Okay. Which is to establish contact with Umberto Hollis. I see why you interrupted me. With with the intention of offloading the Ukuroyo artifact. Okay. Mackie does not yet decided what he wants to do next, but he'll let you know what the appropriate Because I will take two experience points for this session. Yes, you (laughs) will. Thank you. Uh, If our listeners could please oblige, if you are on Reddit or on the Discord, hook me up with a gif of the chick from uh, Parks and Rec going, money please, (laughs) with Anton's face Uh, over it going... Goal, please. <laughs> or similar. Mo- I would uh, be much obliged. Mo- Mona Lisa Saperstein. Yes, Mona Lisa Saperstein. That's the one. Because <laughs> I'm terrible. Because I'm the worst. The worst. <laughs> no, seriously, thank you. But she is the worst. <laughs> All right. Stan, continue with your um, evocative narrative. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's okay. It was good timing because also in addition to the women in their tendencies, mm-hmm. there. <laughs> additionally, you see a um, middle-aged man, a little thin, wearing a brown uh, suit and necktie, and uh, a little uh, balding on top. He has his uh, uh, bifocals. Doesn't need them. It's the future, but he has them. And then next to him, you do a double take because you think that Hildy got ahead of you and joined the group already. But then you realize there's a woman who looks exactly like Hildy standing next to him, looking down at a data pad. And I wink at her. She I was about to doesn't say, see it. as I approach, uh, Mackie walks up to her and looks at her and looks at Hildy and looks at her and goes, say, she's a real cutie. Hey, you got a sister? <laughs> and he, he winks at. He he waggles his eyebrows at her and like winks at Hildy. You did a better job than I did of making that joke. <laughs> <laughs> so as we are approaching our welcoming crew, Hildy was in front and kind of as she was entering this space that she's a lot more familiar with, even if it is new, like Hildy's not the kind of person that you would see go from like dejected and run down to like mm-hmm. self-assured because she just always looks self-assured. But if if there is a way to look even more in control of her surroundings. She looks like that until she sees 
the other Hildy. Mm-hmm. And then she does not do a double take. She doesn't stop and like stare. But she does, if, if someone was watching and paying attention and knew Hildy fairly well, they would see that she kind of misses a step, has like a slight, a single eyebrow raise, and just a very slight, hmm. We cannot let them touch, or it will tear a rupture in the space-time continuum. I, speaking of if someone is paying attention, I would like to make a notice check to see if Anton was paying attention. Okay. Because Anton is as uncomfortable person. as Anton ever is. Yeah. This is this is it. a weird space. Oh, okay. It's a pretty good roll for Anton. That's a uh, that's a seven on the die. I have notice, yeah. and I have nothing to modify that. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, you notice that Hildy looks uncomfortable. But let me interrupt, because I meant to say this a minute ago, except you guys keep stepping on my fucking description. <laughs> <laughs> you asked if it looked like, if it was kind of a, a standard for a reliquary dig site or whatever. Yes. The answer is no, but the atmosphere, the temperature, everything reminds you of being on Argo. Gotcha, okay. So it feels very natural to like life on Argo if you're... Kind yes. of in like a rural area there. Excellent. Okay, cool. So it is something that Hildy is comfortable with and yeah. wouldn't, this wouldn't be like, oh, wow, this is what they've chosen. This is just like, oh, this is home. Yeah. This is a climate that she grew up in. Yeah. Have we established the Grace Crew team meat bag, like high sign? I don't know. I feel, I feel like we kind of stole it from the sting. I yeah. don't know if that's canon, but Stinger tap the side of your nose. Yeah. yeah. In, in my head, and then the, somebody goes, bah, 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 the bah, high bah, sign bah, means bah, bah, tap the side of your nose. I feel like knowing right. Team Meatbag, every single one of us has absorbed a different high sign. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I'm also, good. and oh. also, we all just say, high sign. <laughs> high Ex- sign, high sign. Yeah. Barn owl. Barn owl. <laughs> it's totally um, barn owl. <laughs> Anton's going to tap the side of his nose and waggle his eyebrows at Hildegard and then cut his eyes over at the second Hildegard. Hildy is not paying any attention to you. Once she noticed, oh, so it's, it's business like, as usual. <laughs> once she, you're not even like peripheral vision at this point. Like she might usually see something and be like, "Oh my god, it's just Anton being Anton again." But in this case, part of the change in her demeanor is that all of her attention is now focused on. Well, since you're not help. paying attention, I'm going to use this opportunity to apply some blush, <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to take my uh, d6 of healing, please. Okay, go for it. So just to paint a picture of the scene. Oh, <laughs> goddamn. Nice. Anton. I didn't who, need all that. Anton, um, who I assume kosher. slinks along in like, or not slinks, but like maybe like, you know, hands in his pockets, kind of shuffling along, looking out like, what is all of this going on? I am uncomfortable with all of this beautiful comfort. Puts his finger to his nose, waggles his eyebrows at Hildy, <laughs> looks at the other Hildy, and then pulls out the makeup and applies a little <laughs> bit of rouge just on the apples of his cheeks. I yeah. need to be rosy. Is that accurate? I would like everyone in this meeting to think that I am attractive. Okay. I mean, that was apt. That was a 100,000% accurate description. Anton. Excellent. Yes. Also to close up am some I crazy? <laughs> am I crazy or are you glowing? Anton, am I crazy, or did you just use a priceless and irreplaceable pre-tech healing compound to heal outside of combat? If I didn't know better, I'd say you were pregnant. Yes. That is empirically incorrect. And yes. (laughs) Unless you count other life forms upon which he has impregnated. (laughs) I am unaware of the colloquialisms. Technically, we didn't do very well on our information rules about uh, data geist species, so... 
Who knows? Who knows? <clears throat> the professorial gentleman steps forward. Yes. Does he have leather elbow patches? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course. Picture a professor. That was what I heard as professorial. Yeah. That was really the He's only He's got the bifocals. He's balding. Okay. He's uh. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll let you do your shit. No, I'm, no, I'll, 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 I'll not step I'm, on your shit. Just anymore. give me the sign and I'll mute his mic. Okay. You should. I'm going more for a guy with like curly hair, glasses, uh, beard, like kind of rustic clothing. <laughs> he has... <laughs> Maybe he has like a watchmaker's loop. <laughs> I... Res- I'll let you in on a little secret. He has a pretech device that projects an appearance mm. that each one of you sees someone that you would respect as an intellectual... <laughs> Ha. Oh, so I do see Mackie. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, that's not true. He's a typical professor-looking guy. And no surprise when he introduces himself as Humberto Hollis. <laughs> and uh, a little cha-ching appears over Anton. Mr. Hollis? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> One more time with that voice? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's good. I'm actually impressed. I was told that you were working on, on your Humberto Hollis voice, and I'm, I am impressed. Hello, it's so nice to meet you. <laughs> I'm uh, Humberto Hollis. We talk on, uh, we chat. Yes. We talk on Omegle. We did indeed make contact. As you can see, I have brought the object in question. This is a priceless artifact from the... Yes, I'm in a hurry to Arca. see. Uh, yes, Mackie it is right here. beside it and does the Vanna White hands. Oh, the lackeys are... The lackeys out. are uh, bearing. Oh, my God. And uh, Yeah, pretty good, huh? Yes. Before you are too distracted by this... I believe we discussed a certain remuneration for the crew here. These wonderful individuals have been assisting me in my studies. And as Hildy speaks, like, this is another, if you're paying attention, you guys have come to know that this is Hildy's kind of thing of, of she's going to get the best price for whatever. She's, she's on a mission. She's going to accomplish that mission and she's going to get the most out of it regardless of what the other person wants. What? But in this particular case, <laughs> While she is addressing Hollis, her eyes keep darting over to the doppelganger. Yeah, and um, not, not to not to do too many Parks and Rec references in one episode, but <laughs> she is April Ludgating you hard. She is <laughs> like staring at her data pad. She's here on a formality. And Hildy's reaction to her is very much like, this is as distracted as you see Hildy get in most circumstances. She basically wants to finish her part of things with Hollis, Hollis. and figure out what is going on with this person. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I did not know. Yes. <laughs> My wife. I did not know that uh, one of the Athenia's uh, clones was coming. I didn't. I. I had no idea. Who did what and where? Uh, yes, uh, do not worry about that, Mr. Mackey. If you could please uh, speak with uh, Shank and company to prepare the object for transfer. Um, Humberto, please. And she will, like, pull him in. And now this is a private conversation. Okay. Because she's like, Yee. this is... Yes. Um, You're so much like her. Yes, that is the meaning of the word clone. I would expect a representative from the Reliquary Institute to, um, you know, have basic linguistic understanding anyway that is not the discussion we are having at this moment the discussion we are having at this moment is remuneration for this object we have kept it safe and um, unfortunately the crew that i am with that i as i said was helping me with my studies they are in need of funds and so i believe there was a price that we agreed upon something in the range of fifty thousand credits i believe uh yes absolutely um can i ask a few questions 
you can certainly try to ask some questions. I may or may not answer them. And to be perfectly honest with you, I do not have much time to deal with you. So if well, we can will arrange... Be, will you be staying for dinner? Uh, yes. Mackie yes. has appeared at her elbow. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mackie, if you could please answer Mr. Hollis's questions. I have something else to do. I am a repository of great knowledge. And, uh, please, um, by all means. And Mr. Mackey, please be aware, the price that we agreed with, uh, the remunerations that we agreed with, the finder's fee is 50,000 credits. If you could uh, keep that in mind, that would be uh, the best course here. I am insulted by the implication <laughs> that I would forget something as important as a One transaction hundred. of this magnitude. Oh, uh, 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 yes, absolutely. And as you were finishing that, Hildy is like patting your shoulder and like... I'm sure that you can handle this, Mr. Mackey. Mr. Hollis, you are in excellent hands, if you will excuse me. And she will sidestep, and she's headed uh, towards Theophania. Dr. Cade. <sighs> yes, Hopper, what is it? I am sorry to intrude, but I have detected that the woman over there is a perfect histocompatibility match for you. Would you like a redundant set of organs in the event of a major organ failure? Uh, that is very thoughtful of you, uh. Mr. Hopper. However, um, if you could please... Um uh, no, no, thank you. I do not need that. Now, if you could please file away the information that you just shared into the... Um, you know how there are things that we have been doing lately that we're not going to talk about with others? No, I do not know these things. Hi, sign. Exactly. Yes, exactly that. Um, please file away your readings in in that category. Thank you. It is stored in that register. Excellent. Um, carry on. I suppose that we will have to wait for the other backup organs to fully mature so that you will have a redu- Yes, You yes, know what? Uh, high sign. Fine. High sign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling emboldened hmm. by um, the fact that the- Your space uh, diaper is concealing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, not to mention my dice for the first time I've ever made uh, checks on this show mm-hmm. were like- Pretty generous. Yeah. You got to take advantage of that shit while you're hot. Absolutely. I want a weekend at none. You know, weekend a nun? I want to <laughs> wink at a nun. Okay, good. I'm I was going to say, weekend a nun. Okay, I mean, I feel, that, I feel like I take your meaning Yeah, there. I, I was like, I don't know yeah. that slang, but I get but, it. Uh, yeah, yeah we, exactly. We all heard the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, weekend he's he's yeah. going to spend the evening with a nun. I mean, I'm just going to wink at one. I don't, okay. It doesn't happen. We'll the, the main one or the hot one? I mean, obviously the hot one. Okay, hot one. Hot one it is. In the meanwhile, listeners, as we play out the rest of these scenes i want you to imagine over the shoulders of all the characters <laughs> you see a romantic comedy plot playing out <laughs> in vignettes <laughs> nice <laughs> between anton and the hot nun <laughs> tight um all right it's a seven okay uh, listeners uh, picture can- it ranking about a seven <laughs> <laughs> Can the hot nun's name be Nun Plus Ultra? <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. Yes. Cool. You um, know, the other one is, is actually a, a better date, though, because uh, she likes to hang out in alcohol-serving establishments. She's bar none. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. <clears throat> so, uh, Mr. Mackey. Uh, before we uh, get down to business, I'm not trying to butt you up. I want to say you have a lovely home. Oh, well, thank you. It's, uh, it's not my home, um, but yes. It is a lovely place. I, uh, I, um, I apologize. You hang out lovely places. I do. <laughs> lovely places. Uh, I do. And I've, uh, forgive me, um, in my line of work, 
I don't like having translator in my ear all, all day. That's fine. Uh, uh, so, we're getting along. But my fine. English, very well. So we are uh, no problem. We understand each other perfectly. I understand you have some questions uh, pertaining to any gestures at the obelisk. I do. Where did you get it? Well, uh, the provenance on this is uh, probably not quite what you're looking for, based on my feeble understanding of uh, archaeological needs. But we acquired it because it was being transported from the uh, planet Argo by a private collector to the planet of Aegea. Give me a notice check. That is going to be a 11. He appears surprised, and then uh, it is quick to... uh Go back to Flatface. <laughs> uh, is there something uh, something weird about that? Uh, maybe. I have uh, seen one of these before. My mentor, Wilton Kraus, very esteemed in the field, discovered a similar object. Interesting. Um, this seems like the kind of thing that our uh, communications officer, which, by the way, I do need to ask your intentions toward her later, young hey, man. Um, <laughs> hey, Mickey. Hey, what's up, Anton? This is a... This is a whispered conversation. You knows uh, much about the Ukaroyo, or perhaps, um, you think this guy might know what's going on with Cho? I have no idea, but we can certainly sound him out. I find these academic types know absolutely everything about one particular thing, and then they're kind of useless for everything else. But we'll give him a shot. Hi, sign, hi, sign. Hi, sign. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, could the uh, other one of these... Any gestures yes. at the obelisk? Do you have uh, any imaging of that? I feel like that's the sort of thing that our uh, communications officer would really geek out on. I do. I can. Uh, I don't have it handy. I can. I can retrieve it. Of course, the one that we discovered was not uh, broken. I see. This is missing the uh, pyramid at the bottom. Mackie is going to do. It's no missing. We know exactly what it is. Yes, it is wherever it was before we got our hands on it because we certainly did not break it. C'est bon. Uh, (laughs) The uh, robot tells the truth. Uh, That is empirically incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) The robot is uh, good at jokes. Mackie's going to do a talk check to kind of smooth this over. Yeah. You need to understand I do not live in the same joke as you. (laughs) <laughs> okay um, that was good dice so i'm glad talk <laughs> charisma yeah that i so. live in totally different joke <laughs> nine on the die plus two because i got one in talking okay we're but man i'm rolling the 11s tonight yeah he's like yeah when we uh took possession of this it did look like it had been somewhat abused i don't know if this was sometime in antiquity or recently but yeah you can see that there's something missing from the mm. top and here look at this little fracture here uh, to be fair little crack by their very nature all artifacts come used so mr yes, baptiste well, my concern, makes a very good point my concern is that uh, part of the value comes from the fact that i already have access to another of these on argo but if this is the same item then it is uh I don't want to impugn you good people, but it would be stolen. Do not worry. Our honor is quite incapable of impugnment. <laughs> I would also like to yes. point out that um, if these are the, in fact, same item, you do not, as it were, have access to one on Argo. Fair point. Well, Mackie uh, pulls out his data pad, and he's like, bear with me for a moment. Does the hold up one th- finger thing, and he 
scrolls back through all of the business and real correspondence with the grace until he pulls up the actual job. Our services were retained by one Mr. Grant Holiday, who is an agent of one Mr. Jeff Cho, who's a big wheel down at the Eco Corporation. Do any of these names ring a bell for you? And he shows him, like, the manifest, the actual job, the transaction, everything, like, way back in episode one. Right. Uh, yeah, I have met Grant Holiday. Of course, I know who Jeff Cho is. Uh, what do you think of his style? Did you like the man's style? Eh. Anton thought he dressed like a douchebag. Could use some elbow patches. I agree, <laughs> actually. You know, one thing that flight suits, vac suits, most of the spacefaring gear really lacks is leather accentuation. I confirm. Yeah. There's a um, certain lack of tweed in space as well. Totally agreed with on that point as well. Yes, I have worked with Grant Holiday. I'm familiar with uh, Jeff Cho. Oh, you know, seems like everywhere we go lately, that's a name that we're hearing a lot about. Have you had any personal dealings with him? Um, personal? No, I, I hear a great tragedy has befallen him. Unfortunate. Oh, tragedy of what nature? Something fell out of space and blew up his house and killed him. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Huh. How about that? It's very, very sad. Very um, sad. Well, there, um, but for the grace of God. Yeah. Well, so anyway, this obelisk was in his possession. Now it's in ours through totally legitimate weens I won't go into. And it can be yours at the low, low price of 50,000 credits. Dr. Uh, Hollis, if I may. Uh, yes. This might be a question out of left field. I don't mean anything by it. I was just uh, curious only because it pertains to the um, subject of particular interest to our uh, Dr. K. If you have heard of the activity of any um, non-Terran sentience here on Glacier 4. No, not on Glacier 4. My... Mentor, uh, I mentioned Wilton Krauss. He's uh, an expert in the field, and he certainly wrote a number of uh, papers that I'm sure your Dr. Kate is very familiar with. I really wish insight checks were a thing in this game. What would you be wanting an insight check for? I want to know that when I mentioned extraterrestrial life on Glacier 4, if I caught... A hint of recognition. I mean, I think I noticed Doctor Hollis would have known that Datageist was not human. Yeah, I mean, notice would apply there. I think like notice wisdom sounds yeah. like insight. Um, you know. Okay, yeah. I have notice. I do not have wisdom, so this will be straight dice. Oh shit! That's an eight. Nice. Cool. No, his answer seems to be earnest. Okay. Hmm. You mentioned that your mentor is a preeminent expert in the field. He is your mentor. Are you not a xenobiologist or xenoanthropologist yourself? I'm more a specialist in the technology, artifacts. I've uh, stud- I have studied uh, xenobiology to an extent. Have you heard of a species called the Plognell? Uh, I have, yes. Are you aware of their current operation within space? Uh, I find that hard to believe. And why? Because they are essentially primates, uh, primate level. So are all of you. <laughs> Our medbot has. Uh, you know, medbot is. He he he's very cheeky. He is very cheeky indeed, and he's got a lot of pride in uh, himself that we encourage. The Admiral Gracie Limited is a meritocracy. That's a, you know, that's a setting. 
I know, I know that's a setting. Okay. But, Excuse uh, me for one moment, Mackie. <laughs> Listen up, asshole. Don't tell him about the setting. <laughs> um, Hi, sign. You're very funny. Uh, <laughs> so, well, clearly you want to do some thinking, kick the tires. While you do... Uh, no, I, you got a, on your talk check earlier, you got a... 11. An 11. No, I think... Uh, no, I will. I fifty thousand credits is acceptable, regardless of uh, hot diggity or, dog. He chest pumps him. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Assault. sorry. It's a custom where I come from. It was meant only in the greatest of uh, respect. Hopper sprays him with some anesthetizing spray. <laughs> yeah, Hilly, you are adjacent, but not paying she, attention. She's left this conversation. Hi, I'm Josh, the host of Sandbox Between Stoplights. I found I spent a huge amount of my day driving to, from, and for work. Rather than waste this time, I figured out how to use it to do my game prep. Organizing, brainstorming, and plotting behind the wheel has had some pretty amazing fringe benefits, like learning how to remember huge swaths of my game world without having to refer to my notes. So, I'd love to have you join me every week for five to eight minutes as I develop the world of my latest sandbox campaign. I'm using the game Stars Without Number, I'll tell you exactly how I do it, and how I try to keep it all in my head. You can find Sandbox Between Stoplights on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other places that handle such things. Thank you so much for listening, and good luck this week. All right, so it's you like, have approached uh, Theophania? Yes. And she glances up from her data pad and eyes you coldly? Theophania? Hildy? Yes. Now is not the moment, but I would request a parcel of your time, perhaps within the next 30 minutes. Why not now? Now is certainly agreeable to me. However, I feel that this place, and she gestures around, is too public. Is there a better location where we might be able to discuss things? She turns and begins to walk toward the uh, large building. And Hildy just goes right with her. Okay. Cut to a kind of Spartan office. There are empty bookshelves with uh, data sticks just kind of laid out everywhere. Piles of uh, data pads and assorted electronic devices. There's also the torso and head of a... Some kind of droid mm-hmm. uh, that's just kind of leaned in the corner, its eyes rolling around, <laughs> and it's got like a data pad wired to it. Gross. Is, is it making those um, torture sounds, like the droid torture sounds from <laughs> yeah. Star Wars? Yeah. Sing Jabba's Palace, the thing like falls onto the compactor's feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. She comes in and she just kicks it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, she's I can like, see. Be artificially intelligent, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> I must say, I appreciate your decorative style. Well, it's no um, sumptuous quarters, was it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, it was quite a fun little escapade. Yes, if we could please close the door. I have something you may be interested in. She gestures for you to help yourself as she takes a seat at her desk. All right. And Hildy's going to close. And if there is a manual lock on the door, she will lock the door. And then she will turn around and stay standing and say, Before we proceed, I must confirm... You are still specializing in artificial intelligence? Correct. Yes, and in that case, I must presume you are here studying uh, the Dove of Peace, is that correct? Again, correct. Excellent. Well, in that case, I have two fascinating things for you. 
The first is this. And without any like big fanfare, she's going to open up her satchel, which um, I didn't say it before, but Hildy had grabbed the remains of the AI core mm-hmm. and put that in her bag. Her original intention was to, on the DL, find someone here that she could pass it along to. And the moment she saw Theophania, part of her reaction was that she was not expecting to see mm-hmm. one of her clones. And the other part of her reaction is that even though to the untrained eye, there's very little difference between the two of them. Hildy knows exactly which member of her sisterhood this is. And... um what Theophania's specialty is. And right. so it was, this was a light bulb moment for her of, okay, this is exactly who needs to get this thing. Right. A little bit of the too cool for school leaves Theophania's face as she sees the busted AI core. And uh, she very quickly regathers her composure and unimpressed demeanor to say, what happened to it? Ah, yes. Well, that is why I wish to uh, meet with you in private. This object, and as Hildy is telling the story, she's going to very carefully be removing it from her bag and putting it on the desk and all that kind of stuff. It's in about eight or nine pieces. Yeah, yeah. This object was uh, recovered from a uh, personal yacht on the planet of Aegea. We found it, uh, myself and, and the crew that I am currently with, in the possession of one Mr. Jeff Cho. I assume that you are aware of him, as I have more information about him. And I suspect that in your studies you have come across his name. But he is a high-powered executive for the Echo Corporation. Yes, he's um, given me a talk check. Okay. My talk is zero, so I have the skill. And are you looking for charisma, intelligence, wisdom? Charisma. Charisma. All right. See if she's at ease enough. Okay. So that's going to be a total for die roll plus one. Seven on the die plus one for a total of eight. She starts to say more, but mm-hmm. stops herself. But she's like, yes, I know Jeff Cho. He, he's done a lot of work in the field. Yes, he certainly has. I must say, I was not aware until recently that he has done work in the field. And though I am not an expert as yourself, I do keep up with your papers. Interesting. He, had, he had this. He did, yes, uh, have this. He also had a person who he believed to have precognitive abilities, who was in some way interfacing with this. Unfortunately, I was unable to discern more in that regard, but, um, you know, we must include as much information as we can. Now, the next part is... uh, I wouldn't have thought him uh, that absurd. (laughs) Interesting. I would not know. Do you know him personally, then? No, not not personally. I'm just always surprised when adults believe in... Silly fairy tales. Ah, yes, of course. Yes, uh, you are quite right. It's, that is absurd. The next thing is that um, we believe, and Hildy is finding it difficult to find the right words. And so kind of what's going on in her head is that she believes that this object is the reason for all of the chaos and loss of life that has happened around the crew lately. She's recently kind of gone against her own academic interests in uh, (laughs) extracting information from datageistghost.gov and then brutally killing him or Mm -hmm. allowing him to die, however you want to describe that scene. Yeah, that was murder. The the latter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it was was me. I did that one. (laughs) (laughs) I did that murder. Um, Your uh, data pad beeps at this time and you get a message from Anton. 
it's just covered in emojis. Yeah. And she just, she glances down at it and she kind of gets a little laugh out of it. And it gives her just a moment to like recenter herself in a weird way, mm-hmm. which is something she would never think would happen with a emoji laden message from Anton. Yeah. The- <laughs> if looks at you coldly and thinks to herself in her internal monologue, <laughs> she has had experiences that have made her more human than me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this gives her the, the time that she kind of needed to like pull back and be able to describe recent events. Mm-hmm. You ask what happened to this. What happened to this is that after we obtained it, uh, we came to the system with uh, someone pursuing us. We believe it, it was Jeff Cho pursuing us. We then docked at Apogee Station. And shortly after that, as you may have heard, Apogee Station suffered a catastrophic failure. Mm-hmm. We believe that we were the reason for that catastrophic failure and that this object, and she taps it, was the reason that we were the reason for the catastrophic failure. Hmm. In an effort to uh, remove ourselves, we attempted to pass it along to someone else. And when we tried to do this, there was new loss of life. There was new conflict and chaos. And that is when uh, the distraction that you see here occurred. Uh, One of my compatriots in a fit of... Oh, I can't even describe it because I do not understand exactly what happened, but decided that this object needed to be destroyed. I knew that it was something of great value and something that, while dangerous, could provide information like no other thing. And so I attempted to salvage what I could. However, what I will say is that in the pursuit of those who we believe to have caused this latest loss of life, We discovered that Mr. Cho indeed was the one who was pursuing us, trying to find this artifact. But Mr. Cho is dead. Is he then? It's my understanding. We are not so sure, but I will be honest and say that I'm sure you can tell I am having difficulty with this. The time that I have spent with the crew of the Admiral Grace has been very confusing. I can see it's made you... um Something of a space pirate. <laughs> oh, yes. It has the, her comment has the uh, gentle ribbing tone of someone who wants to say meaner shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nair. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. As I recall, you were often caught with uh, <laughs> those little pulps of space pirates, were you not? Um, it was called Cat Girl High School. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I grew out of it. Ah, yes. Certainly. Just as I grew out of my interest in non-Terran sentience, no? Mm. In any case, whether Mr. Cho is still among the living or not, we believe that he or someone of his ilk is continuing his work and is attempting to um, collect as many artificial intelligences as he can and um, is using them for something. I am concerned that an individual outside of the Reliquary Institute, which is, of course, to be trusted with the most sensitive of materials, might have something catastrophic in mind. That is alarming. I'll tell you, Jeff Cho, or well, the Cho Foundation has been a major source of funding for my research into the Dove of Peace. Not just mine, but really all the AI research that I'm familiar with in the sector has been... um, Backed by the Cho Foundation, it's a major source of revenue, major source of funding. You suggest a nefarious aim. 
I do. I do not believe, based off of uh, our recent experiences, that whatever Mr. Cho or his foundation is intending to do with these artificial intelligences is in the best interests of scientific discovery. And I believe, still, even though we all know I have not always lived up to the program's ideals, that something as important as artificial intelligence, something as unique within the creative experience of humankind, should not fall under the sway of a single individual, but should instead be kept safe within the halls of the Reliquary Institute. To put it another way, uh, Theophania, I believe that um, no communion of random individuals under the thumb of some billionaire, trillionaire, is more important than the shared tradition of the Reliquary Institute. And she specifically used the word communion mm -hmm. to see if Theophania has a reaction. You can give me a that. notice check. Okay. And go ahead and take a plus one, because, you know, she's your sister. Cool. Yep. All right, I'm assuming wisdom? Yeah. Cool. All right, so that's a six on the die. I know plus one for wisdom and plus one for the other, which is eight. And then notice is also a one, so a nine total. She does not react to the word communion in a way that would suggest a familiarity with the so-called communion. Gotcha. Okay, cool. She ain't on the inside. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And Hildy's just going to let that sit for a moment. Mm -hmm. And then if she doesn't get any input from Theophania... She's going to just kind of like wander around the room. She's kind of looking for like uh, she had that interlude where she had the uh, the photo book that had the Cade Project's information in it and everything. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of looking to see if Theophania has kept anything of that herself. Sure. Yeah. She has she has a uh, few little keepsakes, we'll say. The robot head in the corner goes, kill me. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> So, yeah, when Hildy finds that, like, she's been kind of pensive, and this is clearly not a group of people who do well with feelings, mm -hmm. but she'll kind of look at... Um, yeah, we're seeing two introverts in their native habitat. I know, right? An empty room. <laughs> Compelling. <laughs> but um, I'm going to say, if you don't mind, I'll ad-lib what she finds. Okay. She finds a little, um, like, a small wall hanging that's basically just a metal plaque with the uh, the program's motto on it. And Hildy kind of stares at it and uh, kind of traces the words for a moment. And um, without turning to Theophania uh, more quietly, it's just, do you know, I think that's for all the things that they prepared us for. The program in teaching us that knowledge was the most important, that um, learning from the past and preserving that knowledge at all costs, I think that... They did not teach us the importance of life as it is now. And I must confess that in the past few weeks, I have seen a great deal of life as it is now, and I am somewhat shaken. I do not know if you have ever experienced any moment where you have questioned whether that collection of knowledge is more important than the lives of those around you. But I must say, I have certainly, I have certainly had that question 
recently. The program was a stupid act of vanity, in my humble opinion. And uh, I've done what I could with the resources that they imparted into me, but I don't think there's much to learn from digging any deeper. As for life as it is now, I live in a monastery. I wouldn't know. I'm sure you could uh, write a book. Uh, yes, I'm sure. Tell I... me about that Anton character. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, yes, I'm sure I could write a book, and I'm sure it would be just as well read as all of my papers thus far. I read all your papers. Yes, well, you and... They were terribly boring, but I read them. <laughs> I must admit, yours were also terrible. So, Fair we enough. can, I suppose, agree that... Another thing the program failed to do was teach us how to write in an interesting manner. That's academics for you. You share the academic equivalent of a laugh. <laughs> yes. I, um... A dry chuckle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hildy's pretty much satisfied with this interaction. But there is one little thing that's been niggling in the back of her head. And she hasn't had a chance to share with the rest of the team the entire interaction between the Dove of Peace and Gracie yet. But she did also have that conversation with Grace, and that kind of reminded her, after all of the combat excitement, that this was a thing that happened and that probably needs to be addressed and discussed. So as she is opening the door to leave and rejoin the rest of the group, she's going to pause for a moment and kind of look back and say, Ah, yes, one more thing, Theophania. Uh, you may find this interesting. Uh, recently, my... Uh, Captain had an interaction with the Dove of Peace, of all things. Unfortunately, we have been so busy in the last few hours, really, that I have not had a chance to find out more. But perhaps for your research, it would be worth speaking with our Mr. Mackey. She looks surprised. And um, I know what to say, but she's pausing for a moment to consider what she might say <laughs> in response to that. Flawless character works. Yeah. Thank you. And in that pause... Hildy is also thinking to herself, like, we all know what happened, even if all the characters don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Mackie's not the one who had this interaction. Well, you're she just trying to punish her by making her talk to my character? I'm just trying to punish my... <laughs> that's cool if that's I'm, what you're yeah, doing. Uh, I'm just trying to punish yeah. my clone sib, because uh, that's just what we do. It's a little prank that we like to play on each other. <laughs> but no, basically... Have you seen the movie for Dinner for Schmucks? Pound. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I feel like in Dinner for Schmucks, every one of our characters is one of the schmucks that is brought to the Dinner for Schmucks. (laughs) And then we turn out to be better than the people who brought us and have like a really great time. Anyway. Yeah, the second part. That rings true. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, basically, so in that little pause, she's like going to pull her data pad out and shoot a quick textual message to Grace specifically to let her know that... Theophania is an expert in AIs and would be worth talking to and thinks that Mackie is the one who talked to the Dove of Peace. She doesn't distrust her clone Sib, but she also doesn't think that, like, it would be a great idea to turn Gracie into E.T. Mm-hmm. You instantly get a text back in all caps. It's actually a font size that you didn't know your text messaging system <laughs> could display. I have to scroll through yeah. to get the whole message. And it says, do not let Hopper, talk to Theophania, period. Cool. And uh, yeah, I guess in that case, man, I don't know how Hildy's going <laughs> to adequately run. <laughs> Splash cut to Hopper. Oh, <laughs> hi there. How's it going? My name is Hopper. You look like Hildy. That's weird. <laughs> 
Yeah. Have you ever considered having your organs extracted to provide a redundancy for a member of a ship's crew? You're like <laughs> Hildy, but what our crewmate Anton would call hot. <laughs> <laughs> Message received. Yeah. I will figure that out. Theophania. Tiffany. Theph. (laughs) Nia. (laughs) Theophania. Please. Theophania was my mother's name. Call me (laughs) Theoph. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, uh, she stutters for a moment and says, how? To be truthful, I do not know the specifics of uh, how this conversation occurred. It happened right as we were beginning an engagement with some individuals Oh, not very far from here, who turned out to be pirates of all things. All I know is that there was a conversation that was had, and uh, we have been in the process of uh, selling certain items, perhaps in the course of putting feelers out. For some reason, the Dove of Peace chose to contact our captain. Uh, You know me, I don't know anything about artificial intelligences, certainly not like you. Do you think you could reestablish contact? It is possible. I believe that the best course of action would be for you, with your superior knowledge, to speak with our captain and to find out more about this. He may have a better idea of whether it is possible to reestablish contact, but from the small amount I was able to gather, it was a very unusual conversation. Theophania stands up and strides confidently across the room to a box that's kind of set in a little like kitchenette. Mm-hmm. And she presses a button and a little door opens and she removes a hot pocket and throws it in the garbage can <laughs> <laughs> and says, I will see you at dinner. <laughs> uh, excellent. Uh, we shall look forward to it. Our captain, Mr. Mackey, is the uh, older gentleman. He looks a little bit like, um, well, you know, when an engine has been used for some years and it starts to lose parts, but for some reason it still continues to work. Yeah, he looks like that, but as a person. <laughs> Co-signed. <laughs> nice. Some would say it runs better than when it left the factory floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know when there's a car that looks like shit, but runs really nicely because someone put a fantastic fucking engine in it? Are you familiar with the Johnny Cash song, One Piece at a Time? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. Oh, man, I should have thought that's a good one. <laughs> Except he hasn't been... You know, spray painted matte black yet. <laughs> that is a yet, yet, yet. yet. Patreon tier one hundred dollars. We could make no. Colin Britton gets all of his organs removed <laughs> once at a time, replaced with different organs that are stolen from, I guess, an organ factory, and then uh, spray painted matte black. And um, uh, I don't know, maybe some are, like hydraulics the, or we, something. We could make you temperature safe up to like you know twelve hundred degrees with that that's ceramic coat if you want. You know, I don't know if that would ever come in handy, but I feel like it's one of those it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it kind of things. So sure. yeah, absolutely. Let's get to work. Um. Anyway, pull us back on track here. Oh, and do be careful. Uh, Mister Mackey has a tendency to try to um. In the vernacular, hook people up. So if there's anyone that you happen to have any sort of, like, close working relationship with, don't mention it to Mr. Mackey or he will spend the entire evening trying to get you laid. It's true, 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 (laughs) true, true. She, uh, looks thoughtful. I finally have a wingman. (laughs) Fucking A. That is how the rest of the crew should think of it. (laughs) Smash cut to Umberto Hollis giving the rest of us the Lando Calrissian tour of the uh, 
monastery, abbey, what have you. We're going through the scriptorium. There's monks <laughs> copying things down. Hopper yep. readies in action to shoot Darth Vader. <laughs> Tell us about it. You are being shown the grounds. Anton, what are you up to? You were flirting with the hot nun. I mean, I, I sent like a single wink. It's not like I committed to the flirting. Let's be bit. real. That's all it takes. I mean, yeah. you're with, basically uh, married I mean, now. Canonically yeah. speaking, at least as far as our interactions have gone so far, <laughs> then yeah, maybe. Can you give <laughs> me a uh, talk check? Oh, okay. <laughs> or, or connect. It's up to you. Connect feels good. If you roll well on this one, you're going to have to roll exert. Oh, my goodness. Um, mm. Well, okay. That's eight. Okay. So to amend what was happening, Hopper and Mackie are being given a tour. The lady that's guiding you around, her name is Seema Marwazi, and she appears to be someone of religious significance. Her gown is uh, a little different, a little more decorative. Wow. That's a lovely garment you have. I bet you people come all around just to touch the hem of it. (laughs) (laughs) She gives you a stern look. She slaps your fingers with a ruler. <laughs> yeah. Ow. Gosh. She produces a laser ruler. <laughs> oh, you're one of those. All right. Fair enough. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to activate I, a different fetish, gonna, fetish circuit. I'm going to make a, I'm gonna make a high-low as to whether or not Mackie says, hot. <laughs> it's oh. high. He say, he thinks it's real hot. So she's, she's, she's not upset that you are uh, possibly like infringing on her personal space. She just doesn't like the sacrilege. Mm, I gotcha. All right. So, so back to the nuns. What's yeah. up? So she's guiding you through kind of this um, beautiful garden, mm-hmm. and you pass by a large, let's say, magnolia tree. And under the magnolia tree, you see Anton. His head is cradled in the lap of a beautiful nun, <laughs> and she's feeding him grapes. Anton, look at what you did. That's just irreligious. I um, pat my nun friend on the knee a bit, a bit of a buck, and then I, uh, I saunter over very closely to Mackie, and I go... Mackie, have you ever had feelings for a nun? <laughs> Gross. Did you wink at her? I mean, I do. That's a gut reaction. I understand. It's, you know, it's been a long time since I was young. Look, they're going to give us dinner. Try not to get us thrown out before that happens. That's okay. okay? I'll, um, I'll wrap up and then I'll meet up with you on the tour. I know, you know, scriptorium sounds kind of cool. I'll be right there. What does the uh, Mother Superior make of all this? She looks at the hot nun Mm -hmm. and she gives her a stern look, which seems to be her thing. (laughs) Yeah. And waggles her laser eraser (laughs) or laser ruler. You know, Mackie turns to her and shrugs and goes, How do you solve a problem like Maria? (laughs) Am I right? But that was a rhetorical question. If you'd like to solve a problem like Maria, uh, Anton can help with that. Uh, as as, uh, as Anton heads back to Maria, the hot nun, Hopper says, Anton, I hope you did not eat too many of those grapes because it will give you excessive gas and explosive diarrhea just like the last few times you ate that many grapes. I only had like three so far. It's fine. I am only cautioning you because you are susceptible more than most people to excessive gas and explosive diarrhea. I hope that it does not happen to you under this beautiful magnolia tree. I already told her about my IBS. <laughs> write down yeah. Maria the Hot Nun. Disclosure. <laughs> That's canon. Yeah. See, 
Hopper. I think everything that happens while we're in the Abbey is probably canonical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Up that was excellent. All right. <laughs> so uh, Mother Marwazi just looks at Maria and goes, <laughs> <laughs> Go <and> get. <laughs> and continues on leading. Does Maria leading scurry through. off like a possum? <laughs> no, she takes the meaning. Yeah, so you guys then arrive at the scriptorium where Mother Marwazi proudly opens the door. And it is a long, dark room. The air is cool. It's comfortable. Uh, There's a scent of incense hanging in the air, and the room is illuminated with the faint green glow of computer monitors. Mackie turns to Mother Marwazi and goes, so all of the uh, all of the scriptorianing you do is uh, computer-based? Largely, yes. Well, is this a just, Leibowitzian abbey? I just, uh, okay. I don't know what that means. He, he, he walks over to one of the scribes and I looks mean, over, do, and uh, is the scribe just basically doing data entry? That's what it appears to be, yeah. You know, uh, we had something very similar to uh, Scriptorium uh, aboard the Empress Helene, which is where I'm from. You know, we uh, make paper out of processed skin flakes and things like that, and we use it for various things. I mean, I I gotta say, I feel like you've gotten a little bit away from the spirit of the thing. Also, how are you going to put dongs in the marginalia (laughs) if you're doing this on a computer? We use pre-tech programs, including MS Paint. All right. Uh, you uh, just type three equals 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 capital D tilde tilde. <laughs> Hopper, you've got an autistic streak that I hadn't previously been aware of. He taps one of the scribes on the shoulder. Is that how you do it here? Um, no. Oh, okay. Show me your dongs then. How do you how do you put the dongs in the marginalia? He means the textual dongs on the screen. He goes, or to, does he? <laughs> he goes up to fonts, okay. and uh, he clicks on one that's similar to Wingdings. Okay, <laughs> Wingdongs. <laughs> wing, wing yeah, clicks on Wingdongs. Mm-hmm. Wangdongs, and it's just every yeah Wangdongs. There you go, and every key is its own different dong. Oh, it's got a Pope hat on. That's clever. <laughs> that's really good. That's that's real medieval of you, Mother Mawazi. I take back everything I said. You guys are in keeping with the spirit of whatever it is you're doing here. Yeah. We don't often need dongs in the marginalia, but occasionally, Look, in the interest of keeping it uh, verbatim. as they, they, They're doing a walk and talk, by the way, and he's like, listen, we didn't have a lot of like really good working tech on the Helene. Most of it had been torn up and capitalized for ages, but we had basically the Library of Congress, the Bodleian Library, every library from Earth that was on a thumb drive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we we got into looking into it and studying things like that. There wasn't a lot else to do, if you want to be perfectly honest. And uh, I'm just here to say, all the best marginalia had dongs in it. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, a word to the wise. You are then taken uh, through the scriptorium uh, to the living quarters of the various monks and nuns and assorted personages including facilities, a sort of bathhouse, wardrobes, etc., mm-hmm. and are provided with a suite where you can um, stay, change clothes, freshen up, take a nap. Maggie sweet. says, oh, sweet. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and he goes and jumps on the bed. Yeah. Will uh, it's a jacuzzi bed. Would would it nice. take a uh, anything out of the ordinary for me to make a mental note of which room was uh, Hot Nun Maria's? Uh, no, because when you excuse yourself to go to the bathroom <laughs> after eating grapes, <laughs> she slipped you her room key. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, all of this is just reminding me that Anton may literally be a dog. Yeah. <laughs> She's in Sweet 69. <laughs> nice. Sweet. So, so there, Where else Does that mean that be? there are 68 other hot nuns for me to, to seduce before? No. <laughs> there are, however, 68 other interesting nuns. That's fair. I could have went Lovely personalities, though. great dancers. Mm-hmm. All that. I mean, I bet all of them would like to ride on the back of a hover bike across the the frozen tundra. Sure. Maybe. You know, we'll see. Only one way to find out. (laughs) And we won't do that. Because... (laughs) (laughs) Does anyone have any business before the dinner? In terms of timing. Mm -hmm. So they've been taking the tour and Hildy's been talking to Theofania. When do they meet up? Are they meeting up at dinner or like she would be coming from the quarters? Does she basically like meet up with them at the end of the tour? When you leave Theofania's office... A nun leads you to the uh, quarters. Okay, excellent. Because I do want to uh, prep Mackie and Topper just a little before we hit dinner. Be my uh, guest. It, until the chow bell rings, Anton is back in the Grace's storage bay doing tune-up maintenance and like general like familiarization with the uh, the new starfighter but like periodically every like 30 seconds he's just like fingering a magnolia that's pinned to his lapel a la edelweiss and just like sighing <laughs> but you have her room key yeah but he's got feelings he's building the anticipation he, already, he told mackie about this this is oh, this is wow this is real his feelings this is a thing Maybe, depending on what Stan does with this nun character. Kristen, what you need to understand is that Anton is always like this. (laughs) (laughs) Always like this. And when he told Mackie, he was like, are you sure? She doesn't seem to have any weaponry. I'm not sure she's your type. (laughs) You know, sometimes uh, the weapons that you can't see, the weapons on the inside... Or the deadliest weapons of all. That is Mackie, empirically oh, incorrect. Oh, Mackie oh, just sh- looks dumbfounded at the wisdom of that statement. <laughs> he is just like, Anton, you're a poet. You know, she pierced my heart, and I didn't even see a dagger. <laughs> Hopper immediately begins uh, scanning you. <laughs> Question about these weapons on the inside. Uh, if she turns out to be an Austin Powers fucking titty machine gun robot, nope, I'm going to be so not mad. where I was going with it. <laughs> That's where Worse. I was headed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the... Uh, Vagina the Dentata. Snow, snow oh, Crash. Oh, yeah. Or Snow Crash. Oh, yeah, dear. I was like, really? Shocking. Mm. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll have to roll some dice and find out. <laughs> Celibacy protection in the future is pretty intense. Excellent. Mm. Well, that's going to be a fascinating interlude in the future. Yeah, so when Hildy rejoins them in the suite, she's going to pull specifically... Hopper and Mackie aside, and it sounds like Anton's kind of back and forth anyway, mostly on the ship. He's pretty occupied with his like nifty new mechanical thing to fuck around with, and also his wanton heartstrings. Gotcha. Cool. But yeah, so uh, she's going to pull the two of you aside, and uh, Mr. Mackie? Oh, Dr. Kate, how you been, huh? Uh, I have had an illuminating conversation uh, really was it with the woman that inexplicably looks exactly like you ah uh, yes uh theophania is uh you might say my sibling 
after a fashion. You uh, might. You might say that. You yeah. might say a number of other things, but you might definitely say that thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Dr. Cade. Yes, Mr. Hopper? I would be remiss in my medical responsibilities and my oaths to superior human care if I did not reiterate my offer to harvest the organs from uh, yes, this theophania. Uh, no, no, that is absolutely uh, not necessary. Thank you for the offer. However, I did want to speak to the two of you about part of the conversation that I had. So, do you remember before we got into that really big fight and we had to jump on a train and then, you know, we accidentally sort of like killed a guy on purpose? No. Are you referring to the alien, which I killed on purpose? Uh, yes, yes. So before that, when there was uh, an interaction between the Admiral and the Dove of Peace that I learned about, and she's kind of thinking in her head, like, she's got Hopper here and needs mm -hmm. to talk to him because she needs to make sure he doesn't get too close to Theopania. <laughs> but she also doesn't want to trip the delicate dance that we've done about the whole thing. Ah, uh, yes. And Hopper lays his finger alongside his nose. Uh, uh, yes, exactly. And I had a conversation with the Admiral that was very interesting and told me a little bit more about this. So basically, it seems that the Admiral has had some communication with the Dove of Peace, which Mr. Hopper, I'm sure you are now aware, having been updated when we return to the ship. Uh, in any case, I mentioned this to Theophania very carefully on the off chance that she might be able to help us uh, get more information about the Duff of Peace. But I did tell her that, Mr. Mackey, you was the one who had the communication. I do not think that it would be wise for her to learn of the extent of Grace's abilities. All right, so uh, what do you want me to do exactly? Well, Theophania is going to approach you at dinner and to ask you about this uh, interaction. It might be wise for you, Mr. Mackey, to um, have a conversation with the Grace and uh, perhaps allow the Grace to answer the questions through you. To be very blunt, uh, Theophania's expertise is in artificial intelligences. And while I trust that she is probably not connected to Mr. Cho, I do, however, believe that um, if she were to discover any sort of artificial intelligence or virtual intelligence and see in the near proximity, um, you know, she'd take it apart. Ah, okay. So, in summary, I should wait until after she talks to Mackie to harvest her organs. Is this what you are saying? Almost, Mr. Hopper. Um, you specifically should have absolutely no contact with Theophania whatsoever. As you say, Dr. Cade. Ah, uh, yes. Excellent. Mackie takes uh, Dr. Cade by the elbow and kind of leads her off a little ways and goes, All right, I think I'm down with the plan. No further need for clarification. I do feel the need to say one thing to you, though. Yes, Mr. Mackey? If anyone was ever uniquely suited and well-positioned to make a play for your boyfriend, <laughs> it would be Theophania. <laughs> I'd keep an eye on her if I were you. Ah. She's here. You're gallivanting over the universe. Long-distance relationships are hot enough. If he likes you, he probably likes her. Do you know, Mr. Mackey, I have been thinking about it. Yeah. And, you know, after talking with Theophania, and, and, and I have noticed this thing that you have pointed out, um, I think perhaps Mr. Hollis is just not the person for me. But I do think that, um, you know, maybe Theophania might be interested. So if you happen to get into any sort of difficult conversational territory, perhaps offering your expertise to her in the arena of um, 
love or whatever would be beneficial. I must Wing, say, wingman protocol initiated. And can I say, <laughs> that's really big of you, Hildy. That's really, you know, you think you know somebody, and then that's really big of you. Yes. When you say wingman protocol initiated, Hopper <laughs> sticks his arms out to his side and starts making jet sounds. Oh, oh my ho- God. not yet, Hopper. I'll let you know. Uh, we, we're just discussing the uh, discussing it as a as a concept right now, but we're not actually uh, pulling the ripcord. I'll let you know uh, when to do the arm thing. <laughs> yes, Mr. Mecky, uh, let it never be said that uh, Hildegard Hypatia Cade is a monster. And don't worry, I'm sure you'll find your own special alien weirdo. <laughs> yes, and if you don't mind, before dinner, I think I will review this footage of um, Mr. Wren being subsumed by the uh, Dove of Peace nanobots. Gross. Enjoy yourself. And Mackie backs out of the room. He's like, by the way, did you know there's no dongs in the marginalia? <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um. Gee, wasn't that something? Who would have known that me, Squidal Bells, would be the sole surviving member of the party? Anyway... If you want to catch us on social media and lament our uh, long-lost, pointlessly expended lives, you can find uh, all of our social media links at www.astronomicapodcast.com. And there's a uh, non-expiring link to our Discord server where you don't have to hear my irritating, grating intonations and a half-assed sort of accent attempt. (laughs) (laughs) You can also uh, support us financially if you're so inclined and uh, have the means or have a little spare dosh rattling around in your pocket. At uh, patreon.com slash astronomica podcast. Or who knows? Give it a shot at patreon.com slash astronomica. See where that takes you. If you like us, tell a friend. If you hate us, tell an enemy. <laughs> but either way, if you could rate and review us uh, on iTunes and all your various podcasting apps, Podchaser, all those types of things, that would be a real swell. Thanks very much for listening. Catch you next week when I will once again be the only surviving member. Because I'm also a serial killer. It just hasn't come up yet. (laughs) 